Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, passion for excellence. Dow Automotive Systems, improving durability and increasing design flexibility with Betamate structural adhesives at DowBetamate.com. And by Hyundai. Experience the 2011 Hyundai Sonata today at HyundaiSonata.com. This is AutoLine Daily for May 9th, 2011, and now the news. Well, maybe now we have a clearer idea of why the UAW wants to first settle an agreement with General Motors and not Ford. That's because Ford is starting to get pretty vocal that it's still paying its U.S. line workers $8 an hour more than the average for the foreign transplants. Not only that, their pay is going up. Ford says it pays an average of $58 an hour, $3 more than last year. That includes wages and benefits, but it also includes profit sharing. Without that profit sharing, the hourly rate is about $56 an hour, the Wall Street Journal reports. In a website, FordAhead.com, where the company posts what it needs to become competitive, it says it needs to close the gap with the transplants if it's going to continue investing in the United States. And this puts the union in a difficult position because as part of the bankruptcy bailout with GM and Chrysler, the union must achieve parity in labor costs with the transplants. But while the people on the line are being told they're making too much money, the guys at the top just can't seem to get enough. The Wall Street Journal reports the median income, including salaries, bonuses, and long-term incentives for executives at 350 of the largest American companies was up 11% to $9.3 million. But get this, Viacom CEO Philippe Dahman was number one, bringing in more than 84 million bucks. Alan Mulally was the top paid executive from an automaker. He came in 11th place. But here's a shocker. Don Stebbins, the CEO of the supplier company Visteon, which used to belong to Ford, came in ninth. He actually made more money than Mulally. And for more details and to see the complete list of executive compensation, hit the link in today's show notes at AutolineDaily.com. Just to show you how much General Motors has turned around since emerging from bankruptcy, it now has $29.6 billion in cash, and it could have $36 billion by the end of the year. That's why the Wall Street Journal is reporting one automotive analyst, Hamanshu Patel at J.P. Morgan, says... GM should use its excess cash to buy its own stock back from the U.S. and Canadian governments and from the UAW's Viva Trust Fund. Patel says GM stock is undervalued right now, so it would be a good investment for the company. You know, it's going to get harder and more expensive to find that shiny new car that you want. Inventory levels fell last month in the U.S. According to Ward's dealer's head, 185,000 fewer vehicles on their lots compared to March, with 54 days of supply on hand. The drop is mainly due to production halts from the earthquake in Japan. Asian automakers are only running at a 45-day supply. The Hyundai Sonata and Nissan Leaf are tied for the lowest inventory numbers at only 12 days. And with fewer new cars available, that means the market for used ones is going up and that's pushing prices up. Used cars are now $1,500 to $3,000 more than they were just three months ago. The good news in all this? Trading prices are much higher. 
which is helping dealers convince customers to get new cars instead because financing is easier for purchasing a new vehicle, if you can find one. Well, first the Chevy Volt got screwed by the state of California. Now it's China's turn. The Detroit News reports the Volt may not qualify for incentives for buyers under the country's new energy vehicle development plan. The proposed rules require that cars be built in China by a Chinese manufacturer or joint venture. And that Chinese company must also get the intellectual property rights and make at least one of three areas of the vehicle, the motor, the battery, or the power electronics. Sure don't sound like free trade to me. Lawmakers, including two senators from Michigan, where the Volt is made, are up in arms. They've urged U.S. Trade Representative Ron Kirk to fight the rules, including taking legal action in the World Trade Organization. Coming up next, a look at my instant impression of the Acura TL. Introducing Bridgestone's third generation of run-flat tires with groundbreaking new Bridgestone technologies. Bridgestone run-flat tires offer improved ride comfort, lower rolling resistance, and improved wear while giving you the peace of mind and comfort you need. Acura has never really broken into the ranks of the top luxury brands, but the new Acura TL certainly makes it a more serious contender. Here's what I found out about the car in a recent test drive. Here's my instant impression of the 2012 Acura TL. You know, I really like the overall styling of this car and especially the stance that it takes on the street. Unfortunately, it's still got that goofy grill on the front end of it that's been so controversial and that most people don't like, myself included. In fact, I haven't really liked Acuras all that much because as a luxury brand, it really hasn't made it. The cars don't really feel all that substantial, not that hefty to them. They feel like they've got a little too much boy racer in them. Not so with the 2012 TL. This car's got a real feeling of substance to it. It's beautifully turned out. It absolutely deserves to be in the premium class. And at $46,000, it's not just the price tag that gets it there. But there are some things I don't like about it. All these knobs and buttons on the steering wheel and the dashboard. And they're all so symmetrical. It's hard to pick them apart from one another. I wish they had a little bit more color there to help me guide my hand to where it's got to go. Of course, after I drive this thing a little while, I'm sure I'll get used to it. It's the one thing that I don't like, but overall, I'm very impressed with the new TL. So far this year, the sales of the Acura TL in the American market are down about 2%. Hey, don't forget to tune into an ultra cool version of After Hours this Thursday. Our guest is Marjorie Krebsky, the author of a book on the history of auto show models, or as they're known today, product specialists. Three of these women will be with us modeling some vintage dresses from the last 40 years. And that's going to be a lot of fun. That's AutoLine After Hours, Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And that's today's report on the top news in the global automotive industry. Thanks for watching. We'll see you tomorrow.